Hello and welcome to episode eight of One Chance, the podcast where we try and capture the experience of listening to a record for the first time in its entirety. Each week, Sean and I listen to a record that neither of us has heard before independently. Then we get together and we chat about our experiences of listening to it, hopefully in the process, giving you a bit of a snapshot of what the record is like and perhaps prompting you to go and listen to it or maybe raving a big old red flag, red flag that says steer clear of this. Sean, how can people support the podcast? Hey, well, uh, yeah, as always, the best way to support the podcast is to share it with your friends, uh, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on uh, Amazon Music, Anchor FM, um anywhere else you get podcasts just subscribe download the episodes listen to them drop us a rating drop us a review um all the social media stuff you can find us on twitter find us on instagram that also helps but the main thing is to share the episodes with friends fantastic yeah please do 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 that now we've got a bit more um of a back catalog we're sort of going to start trying to push it a bit more so it'd be great if you could help us to do that um, this is the bit, those of you that have listened to episodes previously will know this is the bit where we introduce our music tastes, but rather than telling us yourselves what kind of music we're into, we try and introduce each other's music tastes. Sean, even though we only recorded the last episode a few days ago, I cannot remember for the life of me who went first last time. Do you want to go first or shall I? Yeah, I think it's me to go first. Perfect. Um, All right, your turn. Okay, so I would describe Will's music taste as... Um, if someone had to put together like an underground music show and they just had to find bands that were willing to play for less than 15 pounds and a case of beer, this is what you'd come up with. <laughs> I'll take that. I think that's a pretty fair assessment. Uh, how would I describe Sean's music taste? I would describe Sean's music taste as being like a cold shower in the morning. Not necessarily always the most pleasant experience, but my goodness, it'll wake you up. So um, now it's time for us to tell you what we've actually been listening to this week. So Sean, what have we been listening to this week? Today, we're going to be talking about the fourth studio album from 80s post-hardcore band Soulside. Uh, the band formed in 1985 under the name Lunch Meat played shows for a few months before breaking up to go to college they then reformed the following year under Soulside. did the same thing played for a few months and went back on a break for college and then in 1987 1987 uh, formed properly toured and wrote extensively for two years before calling it quits in 1989 uh, back in 2014 the band reformed they released a seven inch single in 2020 and then recently released their fourth studio album the first one in over 30 years this week we've been listening to a brief moment in the sun by Soulside. Fantastic. Thanks very much, Sean. I have to to be honest and say, I mean, this, it was my pick again this week. Um, and my selection process was as rigorous as looking down the release schedule for last Friday and just going, oh, what stands out? And I've never heard of the band before, but I saw, I noticed that it was being released on Discord Records. And that was enough um, 
for me to just go, oh, yeah, definitely, we'll give that a listen. For those of you that aren't familiar with Discord, they are the record label that was set up by Ian. I'm, I actually, having thought and talked a lot about him and read about him loads, I actually don't know how you pronounce his surname. I don't know whether it's McKay or Mackay. Um, I'm sure someone will be sitting there gnashing their teeth at how I've mangled that. Um, but anyway, set up by him. Um, obviously, you, you'd know him as uh, part of... Um, Minor Threat, Fugazi, and a load of other bands around the kind of hardcore, post-hardcore um, sort of uh, scene. He is a pretty legendary guy, not just for obviously being heavily involved in those two bands that were right at the genesis, the genesis of hardcore back in the early 80s and, there, and then post-hardcore later on in that same decade, but also... Um, Discord, the record label he started initially just to distribute their records, um, kind of has has gone on to put out some really really interesting stuff, and it's one of those record labels, um, that you kind of know if you, if you see their name on it, it it's it's at least going to be worth your time. You might not necessarily love the record, it's kind of gonna gonna be worth your time, um, and so. It, it was literally as unrigorous a process as that. I was like, right, it's got his, it's it's got something to do with him. Let's give it a whirl. Um, I have to say that, given given that, and I feel like I'm saying this an awful lot re- at the moment, which perhaps speak volumes to the level of research and uh, and prior preparation that goes into this and doesn't necessarily paint us in the most positive light. But I have to say again, it wasn't necessarily what I was expecting. Um, that said, I actually really enjoyed it. And I think I'm quite glad sometimes um, these records are a bit of a surprise and it makes you listen or certainly makes me listen to things I wouldn't necessarily have um, discovered before. And I think this this was one of them. But actually, I really enjoyed it. I mean, I think they're, sort of, they're described as a post-hardcore band. They're released on this label that, that is... Um, has been responsible for some of the most interesting and, and in some cases quite uncompromising sort of music within those genres. If I was going to describe this to someone who didn't spend ages arguing on internet forums about the mine ETI of the differences between post-hardcore and emo and all this kind of stuff, I'd probably just describe it as a straight-up rock, rock record, and that's really not meant as a, as, a, as, a, as a slight or to do it a disservice. I think as a straight up rock record goes, actually there's a there's a lot to enjoy about this, but it certainly wasn't necessarily the record I was I was expecting to hear. Sean, what were your sort of first impressions of it? Yeah, very similar. Um I say the the post hardcore, I think the post bit is the most important there and that it's uh, very, very post hardcore. It is it is it's a dad rock record like and there's absolutely nothing wrong with it as that. Um it was like I had had a quick look and like sort of the band themselves have put on their band camp. Like they weren't trying to write the record they wrote in the eighties. Um, I think it's sort of, it's quite astute that these men in their fifties have gone. We're not really like hardcore teenagers anymore. We're, we're, we're older guys now and we want to write music um, that we like. And it's, there's absolutely nothing wrong with this record at all. I don't think in terms of it being straight up rock, um, it, yeah, it is it did catch me off guard. Like I'd when you chose the record, I quickly put one of their um, like original songs on, listened to a few original CDs on, listened to a few tracks. Was like cool, looking forward to this when I can sit down and listen to the record. Uh, it was very different, but in in 
in an absolutely okay way. There was like, yeah, nothing wrong with it. And I imagine if you were a hardcore fan of the band in the 80s, you'd have been caught off guard. But probably if you were a hardcore fan of a band in the 80s, you're also now in your 50s and this is the sort of music you're more likely to be listening to. So it's, I think it's aged, like their band have aged sensibly and their music has aged with them. Um, yeah, definitely wouldn't have uh, picked it to be a, on Discord or or, f- or from a band still labelled as like, like their Spotify bio still says 80s post-hardcore punk. All their Wikipedia stuff still says they're a punk hardcore band. And I think once this has been out a few weeks, some of those uh, some of those things will have to change. Yeah, although I mean, it's interesting as well. I guess I should have really possibly suspected that might be in the case as well. I cannot now for the life of me remember what the name of it was, but about a year ago, yeah, maybe a year ago, maybe 18 months ago, there was another, I think it also came out on Discord as well. It was Ian McKay or McKay. I'm going to go and Google it after this and uh, I will be kicking myself. I should have checked beforehand. It was him and at least one other of the members of Fugazi uh, and a couple of other people kind of got together and did a record. And again, like it was, it was sort of billed as being the sort of post-hardcore thing. Again, it, it came across as a bit more like a straight up rock record. And again, there was nothing wrong with that. It was like a really engaging listen. Um, I think it's interesting what you said about this sounding like it's music made by guys in their sort of 40s or 50s. Uh, we talked last week with the Arms, Re- Arms Length record about how it, definitely was music made by a young band and this this feels like a a record made by a band certainly in a different in a different phase of life and not just because of the sort of grizzled vocals on it um the lyrical perspective seems slightly kind of jaded it has the air of or the the perspective of someone looking back with you know a good chunk of their life sort of lived as opposed to sort of righteous fury of of someone right at the right at the beginning of it um and as you say the vibe is is quite sort of dad rock um but that said it was a once i'd got over my initial okay this is this is not what i was expecting it's kind of gentler it's kind of a bit more i'd be blasting this in my in my full mondeo taking the the kids to their sort of football practice on the weekend or whatever um Actually, I, I settled into it, and I was like, "There was, there was, there was a lot to enjoy." It's certainly not a boundary pusher. Um, it, it's not doing anything unusual, um, but it's it's got, you know, I can't remember how many songs are on the record, but th- there's no bad songs on it. There wasn't a single one where I was like, "I've got to flick this." They they all they're all different enough from each other. It's not just the same sort of bored, tired formula repeated each time. Um, I, th- I thought it was a really you know they know their way they know their way around the chorus and they've got some interesting dynamics. I, I thought it was a, it was a catchy way, uh, a catchy and sort of enjoyable way to spend forty to forty five minutes. Um, we often work our way towards talking about the opening and closing tracks kind of later on in 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 the episode. I wonder if we might actually flip things about and kind of start with that as a way of digging into the tracks in a slightly more granular way um sean how did you find i think times like these was the opener and it's all about love was the final track how did you find them as kind of bookends to the record yeah uh I, yeah i thought they were good they were good it's one of those funny records where like i think they were good opener good closer um i think times like these was a was a stronger opener than 
it's all about love was a closer because i think most of the tracks on this record could have been the the final track um but times like these was a, was a nice like not a heavy way to open but like it had a bit more of that like like you say like you you might stick it on in the car after you've dropped the kids off at school and have a little headbang on the way to your nine to five like um yeah yeah i thought times like these was was a good opener it was i say it did catch me off guard as i was expecting to hit play and be blasted with some sort of 80s punk post-hardcore type sounds and it, it wasn't that but it um it set the tone for the record really nicely it, it let you know what you were getting into like it wasn't like i listened to it and then we're like oh th- this is a heavy song and then the rest of the album is going to be really soft rock and um it sort of it immediately announced what the band were doing on this record and let you sort of know what you're in for for the next 40 minutes like you say um it's t- in terms of a closer like I, yeah i don't i don't think it had a particular this is the end of the record vibe to it i think it was a decent track but it, it could have been any number of songs i think for me as the closer what did you think yeah i think you're right i think times like these is a more effective opener i think what they do both do is kind of thematically set up and close out the record so times like these it seems to be a kind of state of play sort of where are we at now things things don't seem so great um it says something like never seen times like these before at the beginning so and and that seems to be a, a kind of lyrical thing that's running through this, the, the the record as a whole. There's a lot of stuff, that, you know, about how we're treating the planet or about how people behave towards other people. And so I think starting with a song called Times Like These, thematically, it kind of sets it up. And, and I thought thematically, um, It's All About Love kind of closes it off because it moves away from that slightly pessimistic, slightly downbeat feel that a lot of songs on the record has. And it has this kind of closing mantra of it's all about love um, that's kind of repeated right near the end. So as a kind of, yeah, it is all, things are rubbish, but there's some optimism. It kind of works as a sort of thematic closer. I think, like you say, it's probably the track that I think, I don't think it's a bad song. It's the one that worked the least well for me on the record. It just wasn't quite as, as memorable as the others. It didn't quite, it kind of kept threatening to kick into a gear and, and then not really going there. It started quite interestingly. It had this sort of stop-start um, kind of drums and guitar that kept kind of coming in and out, and then this sort of lolloping bass line came over the top. Um, it was a bit like a slightly punky kind of blues number. I liked that, and then it built into this sort of optimistic major key kind of middle section, but it just it felt like it had another gear to go into, and it didn't ever quite kind of find that, I guess, Um was 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 my um was was my kind of experience of that so i think yeah that they they broad they broadly worked as an open their closer but i think times like these a more effective way of introducing the album both in terms of what you were going to get musically and the lyrical kind of focus whereas i thought this was a slight damp squib of a way of ending the record yeah yeah and like I say, obviously, we listen to these records sort of sight unseen and often we don't know much about the band. But when I was doing my little bit of research I do to write the intro, um, like these guys were playing in like East Germany in the 80s. They were one of the only American bands that played in like the illegal punk shows that they put on in the 80s. They put on in, I think it said in Lutheran churches. 
So like for them to come out and write a song, having been around in, in times like that and say, yeah, things have never been quite as shit as they are now sort of really shows uh, what's going on in the world today. Yeah, it wasn't an optimistic opener. No. And I think, like I say, I think it became even more more effective and more poignant when you realise these are an 80s. Like, they're an 80s hardcore band. Like, they, the, their early stuff is very heavily political and it is very about that sort of thing. And so to see them now as adults come back and say, yep, things are worse, is uh, does yeah. give that more impact. Yeah, and I think <clears> it, it, it resonates differently having a band who are older saying with a lyric like that as opposed to a bander in their late teens early 20s saying that you're a bit like like i i guess but i mean uh, what are we basing this on whereas actually the personal experience of four to you know four decades or whatever you're like okay you've got some you've got some times to compare it to like yeah. certainly more more than i do i think it's interesting you saying not having that much to go on i mean if you go on the album on Spotify, some of the songs have had too few plays to register a play count. And the only ones that have are the ones that I think have previously been singles. That I you can't find I had come across a single review of the record, which like you know, I'm not trying to say it's like a Justin Bieber or a Taylor Swift record and you'd expect there to be thousands of reviews, but Maybe it's because maybe it's because of the world I sit in. I'm like, wow, anything that comes out on Discord is obviously going to be getting uh, traction. But I mean, there really, really isn't very much at all anywhere a, a, about this. Um, and actually, that that was quite funny sitting listening to it, almost going, wow. You know, sometimes when you listen to a record, you're like, yeah, there's hundreds, thousands, maybe even millions of people because this record's just come out and it's huge, and there's loads of people listening. I wonder what we're thinking. But I was kind of listening to it, going. Wonder, I know Sean's listening to it, but like, I wonder, I wonder if if anyone else is and like who those people are. And it was quite a funny experience thinking, oh, I'm listening to this record that like barely, barely anyone's checking in on, which I think is a shame. When I when I when I think about some of the records that get huge traction, you think this is you know this is a decent record. And there's there's definitely you know when we're talking about the special interest records again, there's a limited limited selection of people who would really be down for this whereas i reckon actually given the right sort of support the right um the right press actually there's a, there's a there'd be a reasonable kind of market for for these guys you could absolutely stick almost any track of this off off this record on daytime radio and you'd have people bopping their heads like my mum would like this record my stepdad would like this record <laughs> but like also like I think mean, like people that we know, like that we know from Singapore, like lots of the guys we know that are in their early thirties would like this record. Like there'd be tracks yeah. on here that they would enjoy. And I think it would, like you say, it, there's no reason this would be a less listened to album than like a Nickelback record or a Creed record or like that sort of radio friendly well, it's really, rock. It's really, it's really interesting you mentioned bands like that because there has always been this this sort of seam of bands that make quite unfashionable but you know not awful kind of rock music Nickelback, Creed um, Puddle of Mud, Bush like all those, you know, not particularly critically friendly. I would say that whilst this is sort of working in the same kind of area, I'd say it's a better record than yeah. than, than, than what those guys produce. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is a this is a good version of a Nickelback record. Yeah, these are guys that, have... and that sounds like we're really damning the record. It, it, it that's it, it's really no. not. 
no like nickelback there is a reason nickelback are one of the most known bands on the planet they get like hundreds of millions of plays this is like a nickelback record if the guys were better with their instruments and had some actual things to write songs about um not that i hate nickelback particularly but but like that that's what this gave me it gave me that vibe of i do hate nickelback i can't stand them um this this is that vibe isn't it this is that like this is what nickelback would be if nickelback were good yeah i mean i think what nickelback would be if nickelback would be good is pearl jam who like well yeah very clearly just an absolute ripoff of um i and i'm with you i mean i cannot stand nickelback i'm not quite sure why i reached for that as an example i think the, the point i was trying to make was like there is this space like rock you know there's all this stuff about the death of the of guitar music and like, it's nonsense there are rock bands selling loads of records selling out huge shows there's there's definitely an appetite for it and there's no particular reason why those ones sell loads and 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 this one shouldn't but i mean i'll get off my uh i'll get off my stool for now because this isn't a podcast where i just sort of rant about the state of the the music industry and people's buying habits um let's get back to looking sorry go on i was just gonna say though like we don't talk about that often but this is this is one of those records where like it sort of brings it up because i've just looked as well and yeah most of the tracks have less than a thousand plays and there's no reason they should like yeah um so one one thing i thought one track i thought really didn't work on this record and i'm really keen to hear what you thought was every clover where yeah i don't know why there there has been some sort of conscious decision to put on the weirdest singing voice it's like an old man trying to sing like a young boy and it just doesn't quite work yeah it's interesting i think that was one of the ones i i liked less like i think throughout the lyrics are not that like they operate in a particular sphere like like they're very happy to re- to to lean very heavily on rhyme and they're not unafraid to reach for slightly cliched, slightly kind of weather-worn imagery and 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 metaphors in their stuff. You know, that, that I was I was sitting there thinking, well, yeah, okay, yeah, I can like I like this. It's engaging, but but I think on this and and most of the time they actually get away with it because there's a kind of there's a sincerity like the lip they are slightly cliched but 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 there's something like slightly charming about 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 them that it's kind of heart on the sleeve sort of lyricism it kind of works here it just lent over a bit into it almost seeming like a bit of a pastiche and it was that there's every flower has the power uh and every clover you step over like you know essentially it's a sort of we're fucking up the planet <laughs> please change your ways record and um you know that is a bands generally are relatively left-wing environmentalism is a strain that has has been a lot in in uh in music particularly stuff leaning more towards punk and and, and all that kind of stuff you know there are bands that made entire careers in you know, something like earth crisis or whatever like that is their entire entire sort of um focus it just felt here like it was like a bit sick form poetry um and 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 the and the lyrics were a bit on the nose that they, they were they were a bit too kind of like clunky um and combined with that slightly odd singing voice like you say i, I think yeah i think you're right that was one of the ones that worked slightly less well for me yeah i would say sick form sick form poetry is exactly how i'd describe it like someone's mum's bought them a, a book of poems for christmas and they, they've decided to write some uh some environmentally friendly songs from it, it it's got that real vibe to it and 
when I heard that the lyric the first time, the every flower has its power, I just I sort of I'd like to say internally groaned, but I externally just went, oh, because <laughs> it's just such a tired, tired, tired like line. Like just like flower power as a thing sort of died in the 70s and bands still using it for lyrics in 2022 is for, for me it's like unacceptable like there's so many more clever things you can do than just rhyme flower with power again yeah um let's talk about some of the songs that we thought were more effective and worked better than um i will suggest 70s heroes is one oh, yeah. that i thought worked really well like again we talked about this being a record that's made by slightly older guys that are looking back and like this is one it's less of a sort of personal reflection and more of a kind of if if the whole record as a whole mostly seems to be looking at kind of the world and society and there are some that have a slightly more personal lens but most of it seems to be much more in this kind of societal level this is definitely one you know it, it seems very much to be looking at like american society and kind of going why did we go wrong where did we go wrong um and again i've only had one listen to this so i probably need to go back the sort of the impression that i got was it was a kind of well you know post-war america you're looking at like um the gap between the rich and poor closing average wages of, of, of all americans rising increased prosperity you know better living better living conditions for all and kind of then what has happened since then so it, was, it seemed like a kind of look back at a a better time and a kind of god what's happened and it starts really slow it's got this kind of strummed bass and high-pitched guitar playing these kind of this nice little single note kind of lead line and then it it builds um into um this kind of um it, it, it's and it's got this kind of whoa, whoa i'm it sounds better than that. I'm not going to directly kind of recreate it, but it add, added this sort of ruminative kind of reflective feel to it. Um, and I just thought it, it it worked as a, it's a big sort of light as a loft kind of moment. I, it's the kind of thing you imagine playing this live, like everyone kind of hands up. Um, it, it, it was powerful. It was, it was, it, 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 it affected me. Um, and I, and I, and I thought, yeah, actually sometimes you can go route one with rock music and actually that can, it can provoke a really powerful emotional, um, kind of response. What did you think of the song? Yeah, I think you've, you've basically covered everything I wanted to say about it. That was when you said, let's talk about one we like, that was top of my list. Like I could see that being a lead single off the album, like the one that you, you share with friends. Like I would, if someone said to me, I'll choose a song to send to five friends from this record it would be 70s hero um yeah i i really haven't got anything to add like you sort of covered everything i wanted to say about it it's it is a very very good song it is straight up rock but it's it's straight up rock done right which is sort of what we were talking about earlier like it is when you do this sort of music well it's it's incredibly incredibly um like emotive and enjoyable which is why it has been a massive genre for so many years is is songs like this um i don't know this ever will be a particularly big song but it definitely could be yeah were there any sorry for stealing your thunder on that one um were there any other tracks that you thought worked particularly well um i i really liked the fir- the first two tracks times like these into day two i thought worked really well as like a combination of two tracks i liked that they sort of yeah, I like that they worked really well. Um, or I felt like they worked really well. And 
I I thought was it day two? I think day two was a bit more punky. Like it did pick up a little bit and it did throw back to a bit of that more sort of like obviously where the band are from, like that 80s sort of punk. I'm going to say jangly, but jangly is not what I mean. Like it's, if you've listened to 80s punk, like you can see the influence of it on day two. Um, Yeah, I felt like that had really, really strong musicianship. Again, the lyrics on a lot of this record are a bit, like I said, sick form poetry-esque. They're a bit meh but it, it it was a good song it it was um really enjoyable after 70s hero i think probably my favorite on the record yeah i really liked it i, th- I think it's interesting you say like the, the two opening songs working in conjunction they're a bit of a sort of one-two punch times like these it's kind of restrained and then day you know it, it, it's got a bit of crunch to it but it's like there's a sense they're keeping something back and then day two kicks in with this like heavy driving riff distorted vocals is a bit more of a sort of straight straight up kind of slightly punkier number really heavy bass and drums very catchy chorus and it's like and it's quick it's a, it's a really short song so it's like it's still a rock song, but it's kind of reaching back a little bit into the DNA of maybe maybe some of their roots there. Yeah, I say that's. I felt like it paid homage to an '80s punk track. It wasn't an '80s punk track at all, but it it like you say, it was short, it was sharp, it was a bit more like in your face, and it was it was sort of. I I felt like it was these guys saying, "We know this is what we used to do. Here's how it would sound if we did it now. This is not what we're doing on this record, though." Back to the album. Yeah. Um, another one in that vein of the like slightly punkier kind of ones. I thought Runner was a great one as well. It has a really cool little um, sort of hardcorey kind of bass lick to start off. You know, it, it wouldn't have sounded out out of place on a sort of early Black Flag single or something. That little bass line, um, and then um, it just has a really simple sort of drum beat and guitar feedback, and then it just kind of goes into like a straight up sort of punk banger. Again, it it kicks it kicks past pretty quickly. Um, but yeah, I, 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 yeah, I think it's like less than, I'm just looking on the chat listing now. It's less, less than two minutes long. Um, I, I, I thought that was another one that I found really effective. Um, what, what did you think about it? Yeah, that was, I say that was the other one. I was just trying to remember what the other song was. And as you said, it opened with like that baseline. I was like, that's the one, that's the one I was trying to remember. Um, yeah, I think, I think. As we're going through this, what I'm realizing is even though these guys are writing more rock music, where they really do seem to shine is is those closer to punk tracks. Like the ones I've enjoyed the most have been the ones which are much closer to their punk sort of stuff than the more modern. I'm going to keep calling it dad rock because that's what it sounds like to me, dad rock stuff. Um, I can't remember which song it was. One of the songs had like a real bluesy vibe as well to it. I thought I thought the record as a whole really had a bluesy vibe to mm. it. Like we talked about how there was a real kind of blues feel to it's all about love. I thought that times like these had quite a sort of blues rock feel to it. But I think it was something that kind of came through a lot and it sort of yeah, in places I guess it reminded me of some of the bluesier like grunge bands, like a bit of like Soundgarden and Screaming Trees and, and people like that. Yeah, I agree. It was yeah, I say there was definitely you could definitely tell there was a lot more influences. A lot of guys that um, we keep keep harping on about how old they are, but they are older guys, and so they've obviously got a lot more, um, like they've got a lot bigger of an internal back catalogue of music. They've got more influences. They've got more things they've seen and listened to, and so there's a lot more 
for them to dig into when they're writing music than some newer bands who have sort of not been pigeonholed into a genre but like you you find stuff you enjoy when you're in your early 20s and you listen to that you don't tend to be listening to a little bit of everything from everywhere so you don't have as much variety in your influence yeah i, I thought it was I think a strong... there's also something with age as well of like I think particularly if you're younger, particularly if you're working in certain genres, there's a like, my genre is good. And there's like a, there's almost the blinkers on, like not looking for other stuff. Whereas the older you get, the more those boundaries soften, the less you're like, I'm a punk, so I make punk music, or I'm a metalhead, so I make this. And you kind of, and it blends out. And I, and I feel like that's a little bit possibly, it sounds like that's what's happened with this record as well. Like there's more of a cross pollination because they're like, actually, yeah, you know, I've been around forever long. I, I, I don't just listen to the one genre that I listened to as a teenager or in my early 20s because that doesn't reflect my music tastes. Yeah, agreed. I think that's that that is sort of the the feel you get is of of a mature record of of mature people writing a a record that they wanted to write. Um and so one of the things I saw when I was looking for some information like I think most of this was written during COVID while the four guys were in different parts of the world so it's quite interesting to know that a lot of this was written and recorded over the internet, basically like separately, they weren't in a studio together to write these tracks. So I wonder if that's why sort of each track has like its own, its own feeling. Like I didn't, I don't know about you. I didn't feel like it was a cohesive album. I didn't feel like it was an album that told a story. I felt like it had, it had the bluesy notes, like we've said, and it had that rock vibe, but there were definite moments like on day two, like on runner, where they were like, this is more of a punk song. And then there was someone's, I can't remember which ones, there was a couple where I thought, this is a really bluesy song. And then there was a few others where it was sort of like straight up stadium rock. And I wonder if they had different lead writers and like someone would put their bit down and they'd be like, that's a cool song. And then someone else would give a bit and they'd be like, that's a different song. Um, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm speculating, but that's, it felt like that to me a little bit and yeah, I think you're right. It feels like a collection of songs rather than like we've got this idea for an album. Let's write the songs. It sounds like you say like we got some downtime whilst we're like locked down or working our day jobs, and like here's an idea I've had, here's an idea this person's had, and they've kind of developed organically like that. I think yeah, I think it's a really interesting theory, and I think possibly borne out in the music. Um, so the big question is, will will you be giving it another play? Uh, there's definitely a couple of tracks I'll listen to. I'll, I'll always like every album we've reviewed, I've gone and listened to once more. Um, there's a couple of tracks I can see myself listen to a few more times. Um, I'm definitely adding their first album to my uh, regularly played. Um, yeah. I went back and listened to that and really enjoyed that. Um, but yeah, definitely Day 2, Runner, 70s Hero are all tracks that will probably find their way onto a onto a um, road trip playlist of mine. Um, but yeah, I'll listen to the album again, but I can't see the whole album being a, a regular re-listen. What about yourself? Yeah, I think similar. I think it's a decent album. I, I like. I, I would say go and listen to it if you vaguely like rock music. Like, There's plenty to enjoy here. I'd say it's one of those ones I'd probably be adding four or five tracks to my sort of best tracks of the year playlist rather than necessarily going back and listening to the whole album extensively. But like you, like you I'll be giving the whole thing at least one more kind of full run through to, to 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 see what I thought about that. Yeah, so I think, like you've said, um, I probably won't listen to it again, but I might have it on again in the background. Like it's good 
it's good dinner party music i think like you sort of put this on while you're eating in a different room or on like a low setting on a speaker and it's not going to offend anyone it might bop your foot along a little bit to it and, and enjoy it as background noise it would probably be the only way i'd ever listen to it again as a whole record but yeah definitely a few tracks that i will be adding to to a couple of playlists um have you got any sort of closing thoughts on the record before we wrap up here will no i mean no, nothing in addition to kind of what you said um i would say that i'm intrigued to now go and listen to those earlier records um and i feel like maybe at some point in a subsequent episode we can pick some something sort of uh, not necessarily one of their earlier records but something from that that era that sort of genre movement maybe one of the discord releases or something else that we haven't heard we've kind of done new releases so far but it could be quite cool to go back and look at some older stuff that neither of us has come listen to before as well um but no in a, nothing really to add just to say go and check it out it's definitely a record that's worth worth your time um and yeah i really enjoy listening to it um sean is going to be picking what we listen to for next week's record. I don't yet know what it is. Um, I will be intrigued to hear what he picks for us. Sean, I guess it just leaves it to you to remind people how they can support the podcast. Yeah, I also don't know what we're going to be listening to next week, so that will be a surprise for both of us when I decide. Um, that will be something I either look at tonight or tomorrow morning. Uh, for in terms of supporting the podcast if you can share these episodes with your friends with your family with anyone that you know that likes music that is the best way to help us out if you don't want to tell other people you listen to this because you feel guilty about it and ashamed of listening to two guys chat about music every week then if you could just rate us and review us and subscribe to us on your podcast platform of choice that would be awesome and we'd really appreciate it uh, with that that's everything for this week cheers will Thanks, Sean, and thanks to anybody who's taken the time to check this out. And we will see, I'll see you, Sean, I'll see everyone else next week. Bye.